Hello and welcome to the latest ATP Tennis Radio podcast. I'm Seb Lozier and this week as the regular ATP Tour season kicks back into action in Argentina, France and Bulgaria, we spend time with some of the game's brightest young stars. First, we hear from three players in Sofia who between them climbed an incredible 164 places in the ATP rankings in 2018. ATP Tour Uncovered's Gabriel Clark has been talking with Georgia's Nikolos Basilashvili, young Russian Daniel Medvedev, and first, the biggest thing to come out of Greece for quite some time. For 20-year-old Stefanos Tsitsipas, victory over Roger Federer at the Australian Open showed just how far the Greek had come. 2019 had begun in dream fashion. What fans are looking for is a better Stefanos, a more developed, stronger, faster Stefanos on the court. I'm so excited for 2019 because there are so many things that I can improve in my game. So I cannot wait for the new season. The six-foot-four right-hander is building on the momentum gained in Milan last November when he won the next-gen ATP Finals. We have our first semi-finalist. Sitsipas guarantees qualification. My dad has helped a lot this year. My coach, Gary, that works with me at the academy. Obviously, Patrick Moratulu as well has uh, given me a little bit something. My fitness coach, Fred, my, my mom as well. All, all those people, yeah, helped a lot. Game six of us ends the group stages with a perfect record, just the one set dropped. He's looking in good shape this week. As a player, as an individual, I've been working hard to get there. Stay in the moment, play every point, uh, give it 100%. And uh, that feeling at the end was amazing because uh, I've put a lot of hard work for that tiebreak. And yeah, moment of relief, moment of happiness, moment of, moment of appreciation for me. Some great results against top players, and um, I'm very satisfied with my progression. Feel very special to be competing against all those high-ranked players and get some good victories on different surfaces: grass, clay, hard courts. Then you just feel comfortable, and you feel you can beat any player on the court. Daniel does it in Tokyo. Medvedev wins his biggest title of his career, becomes the first qualifier ever to win in this city. With a display of quite phenomenal tennis. 
I don't want to stop uh, at where I am and uh, I hope to do what it needs to be even higher. Full of ambition, Russia's Daniel Medvedev has every right to be dreaming big. After a stunning 2018, where he captured three ATP Tour titles, he's one of the men to watch this season. His remarkable run began when he reached a milestone just over a year ago in Sydney. And Sedemach, Medvedev. I managed to win it, my first title, and I think it gave me a big push in the year, even if this push was not straight away. But I think uh, this meant a lot uh, for this season. The foundation had been laid for a special season. Fast forward to the US summer, and Daniel was back in the winner's circle. Game Sedemach, Winston Salem was a really big boost in my career this season because it made me go up the rankings straight into almost top 30. And it's definitely not a level to be a top 30 than uh, being in the 50s or 60s. There's no doubt Medvedev was ready for the next level. A few months later, on an even bigger stage, he showed his quality. ATP 500 is definitely a different thing. Uh, beating indoor guys like Milos. And he seals it in the most spectacular fashion. Daniel Medvedev books his place in the semis here in Tokyo. Denis Shapovalov. Just amazing tennis from the world number 32, Daniel Medvedev. Okay at his hometown is something amazing. He was so close to perfection. Defeats Nishikori 6-2, 6-4 in just an hour and two. You never win easy by doing this with easy scores. With amazing level of, uh, of my game, I, I'm just really happy about myself and I hope to continue improving this way. Daniel Medvedev is the champion in Tokyo. It's the third title of his year. Astonishing stuff. 2018 wasn't just unforgettable on course for Daniel. He got married during the summer, making his year even more memorable. It's tough to fit a wedding in a tennis schedule, but in fact I didn't have a real wedding, like an enormous ceremony or something. It was a small ceremony in Russia, just to be a wife and a husband. And then maybe now we'll make a bigger wedding this year. And uh, we got married after the US Open. That was, in terms of my tennis career, that was the best result by far in my career. So probably it means that I, I was doing everything right. The brightest of futures lies ahead for Daniel Medvedev determined to show that 2018 was just the start. For me, tennis is about many, many small details, especially at the level where we are all right now. For me, it's about physical part, of course, mental part, of course, tennis part. If you don't play good tennis, you cannot be here. I have been working a lot to improve all of these small details. If previous years, since I was younger, I was just thinking about my tennis and I thought I, I can always come on the court and win uh, if, I, if I hit the ball good, so I've changed it. And I've changed myself on the tennis court. That's where I am right now and I want only to improve. Nicolas Basilashvili! He's 26 from Tbilisi, Georgia, and he had a breakthrough 2018. Starting the year ranked 59, he kicked off 2019 by reaching the top 20. But getting there hasn't been easy. 
I had a really interesting journey coming to here. I had a lot of ups and downs in my in my life and in my career. And I've been uh, moments where I, uh, me and my father, we would sleep in the car and the tournaments a couple of weeks. Even we we had some moments that we sleep like one month continuing uh, being on tournament on the junior tournaments. As long as also staying uh, and living in the tent in some tournaments. So. These things are making me very stronger and yes, I'm very hungry for, for results and to play on a high level. That desire saw him make Georgian history in 2018, becoming the first player from his country to win an ATP Tour title. First title on the ATP World Tour for the Georgian. The first time winner on the ATP World Tour that does it in some style. Uh, winning 500 in Hamburg gave me a lot of confidence. After the match, I could not believe it. You know, I was like pinching myself if I was dreaming or no, because I had a lot of times dreaming that I was, I, I was winning ATP title. Then I was waking up and it was just a dream. He followed that up with another title, the China Open, stunning Juan Martín del Potro in two sets. Basilashvili, utterly brilliant in Beijing. And is champion on the ATP Tour for the second time this year. Winning Beijing is this is a whole another level for me. This is very, very tough tournament. A lot of stars are winning it. And to, put, to see my name next to them, it was unbelievably good feeling. His father laid the foundations, but Nikolos is also quick to credit his coach, Jan de Witt, who started working with him shortly before Roland Garros in 2018. Jan bought a lot of things. He's a very smart person, on court, off court, and just in general talking to him and being next to him, I'm really enjoying it. And uh, he definitely uh, played most part of my results uh, in, in Hamburg and in Beijing, and I'm really looking forward to continue like this. It's that inner steel and hunger forged by his journey that most excites DeWitt. That for me is the main part, that he's the person who decides and who chooses. I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to step up as a person. I'm ready to step up in my sport. And I'm really all in and I stop these excuses that a lot of tennis players have. Why not today? Why not in this moment? Why something in the universe is against them? We ask only one question. Does it help? And if it doesn't help, then it's not on the agenda. And I think he's really into it to focus on the things that really help him. Recent success tastes sweet, but Nikolos and Jan are planning ahead, aiming to take the next step. To see him lift the trophy feels really good. It's something we can get used to. We just have to respect that this is not the reality, that it's going to happen every week. The idea is to be even on a higher level, really a different level than what we have right now. My goal is to, um, to, um, to just give 100% always, every day, and, uh, and I'm, as well as I'm very hungry to play very good. Already a national history man, Nikolos Basilashvili has only just begun. This is ATP Tennis Radio. 
And while those three have been in action in Bulgaria's capital, Sofia, on the south coast of France in Montpellier, 19-year-old Denis Shapovalov has been one of the star attractions. In the off-season, ATP Uncovered spent some time with the young Canadian and his new coach, Rob Steckley, as they prepared their assault on 2019. We're here in Branson, Florida at IMG. Been here for about two weeks now. Just came from uh, from Bahamas. Now we're going to be doing uh, three full weeks of uh, off-season training here. The star. The star, the star is, is here. All right, I'm going back to bed. See you guys. <laughs> I just try to be myself, to be honest. And I found success being, you know, a lot more light-hearted. We get our work done. We do what needs to be done, and we're very focused. But at the same time without enjoying the process of it, I think it becomes more challenging because at the end of the day, it's, it's a sport, it's fun. This is usually where people come to get some solid practice together. There's always good training, good resources, great weather. John, all good? Ready to shine? Yeah. Right in your face. Yeah, I know. That's it. I was like, where do I look? What's going on? the biking part of the warm-up, getting started a little bit, getting ready, you know, moving my legs a little bit, and then uh, I'll start with Clement over there on the mat. Well, I've been with Clement for, since I was probably 13, 14, so, so a while now. What impressed me uh, the most is really laid back, like uh, when it's a big moment or something, he, he, he takes things with um, no, no pressure, like before a big match, he, he acts the same before a big match than a regular practice. The impact, I... Uh, Coming I harder, yeah? Yeah, boom. It's, of course, he's like a teenager, sometimes he's not perfect, like nobody's perfect. I set those up because they're markers, so we have a little bit of a direction on where we're going. It just, yeah, get your feet going here. That's the way to drive those hands, that's it. I think it's super important for visually stimulating him like that. He learns very fast without me having to tell him too much when he sees something there. See, I love this ball, Dennis, when you create that space. Quicker hands, quicker hands. Out of the air, good, Dennis, much better. You can fire that elbow a little earlier, get into the ball. There. Here, let me just feed a couple balls here. Less is more for today, keeping these sharp, these stimulated layers so we can create the space and good timing like this as opposed to not being in control of our thoughts, right? The round of 16, a highly anticipated match here in Montreal between Canadian team sensation Denis Shapovalov and one of the all-time greats, Rafael Nadal. And this is the ultimate test. My breakthrough moment in 2017 came in Rogers Cup. From one great one to one great performance. Beating Rafa Del Potro, making semifinals of, uh, of that master event, really shot me up the rankings. A couple weeks later, uh, you know, with the New York run, hitting fourth round, um, definitely helped with a lot of points and, and my confidence from there. I've just been uh, been working hard to, to maintain that uh, that ranking and my level and uh, just keep going forward, actually. In 2018, I think my results were, were really good, actually. Um, I didn't have anything, 
you know, unbelievable, let's say, in my titles. Overall, I really progressed. My ranking also improved, which was a really big goal of mine, finishing 27 in the world. So, uh, it was really a big step forward for me, and uh, I hope that next year I can uh, just keep going forward. Chapo shines bright in Madrid as the 19-year-old becomes the youngest ever player into the semifinals. You know, some people would mention that I had a really unsuccessful year, and I'm just sitting thinking here, you know, I'm 27 in the world, so like, what are you guys talking about? You know, I was 50 last year. There's always people that say, uh, you know, he should be winning titles, or he should be doing this and that, and, uh, you know, I try to tell them, listen, guys, I'm, I'm only 19, you know, and everyone's going at their own speed, everyone goes at their own pace. He dominates the battle. It never got me down, you know, I've, I've always stayed motivated, positive, and uh, so has my team. It's a challenge for somebody so young to come and burst out onto the scene and now all of a sudden have so many expectations. It's inevitable, you know, it's like everybody's speaking. I think people can get lost in the expectations. So I think that's the challenging part for an athlete uh, and the team as well to make sure that, you know, you don't get sucked in. So I think that he's uh, done a great job at being able to back, you know, his sophomore year up with some incredible results and really proving to himself that he belongs there, you know, and I think that's a big challenge for, for somebody at his age. So basically, um, in the off season, I was in the studio with, uh, with a couple artists, just kind of messing around. I've been writing music for about a year now, just a passion I kind of have, just, just a hobby of mine, and uh, yeah, we, we put some together. We went to the studio and uh, came up with this song right here. Never think through it, I just go and name it. People always told me, shut the slow it down. It's just like kind of a creative kind of aspect I have within me, I guess. I feel like things come to me and, uh, you know, I'm always on the road, always things happening, and I just, it's kind of a way for me to, to kind of express myself, so I'm always constantly writing lyrics. Yeah. One day, Mama told me someone day you'll see. Yeah. Mama told me yeah. someone day you'll pretty. see. I love rap music, right? I, I love listening to Eminem, G-Eazy, Jay-Z, these guys, so, you know, I really, I really look up to them. Good, D. Stronger legs, really snap that hand. Let the hand do the work. There, like this, perfect. Get at the ball, get at, snap earlier. There, you just gotta let it go earlier. This is where you gotta dig deep, I think, and especially towards the end of the week. This is where the results will kind of pay off. But for now, it's like trying to find ways to dig the shots out when you're that much more tired. And that's the whole point of like me pushing him really to the, to the limits, off to the side, you know, after a morning practice and he's up 6 a.m. How do you feel? Good. It's gearing towards next season, looking forward to, you know, what's to come and just understanding that's the process. Oh, that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Did you get that? The jumping? Oh, he got it. You're definitely a little bit tired, but uh, it's it's off season. It's, that's what it is. Now we have some intervals, some fitness to do. Hopefully, I'm not too dead to do it. It's too tough. <laughs> it's too tough to put this on. 15 seconds on, 15 off, okay. 10 times. Take a rest. 10 times? Yeah. Three, three sets? Yeah. Okay. We, see, we, see with, uh, we see with two. How you feel? 
I definitely don't get excited for fitness. Uh, it's not something you know I always look forward to, especially after four hours of, uh, of court time. But uh, yeah, sometimes that's why you have a team to push you. He, he always been uh, guys like he always say, oh, I don't do it. Uh, but he always, at the end of the day, he always do the, he always put the work. <laughs> just want to be the best. When I get tired, just think, you know, I want to want to be lifting trophies next year. So. And helps me get through one more ball, one more, one more set. It's brutal. It's it's tough, but also like with with the whole day, it's uh, it's tough. So I'm feeling it, but that's what it is. I think mentally, I'm pretty exhausted from the long day, but uh, physically too. You know, put in two good practice sessions in, so kind of feeling the burn on my legs, especially after like the third or fourth set. So um, combination, but. Uh, yeah, just pushing through it. Obviously, the the goal is big picture. You know, number one, winning major titles and uh, stuff like this. Obviously, it's uh, it's everyone's goal. Definitely some short term stuff, especially in the off season. I think my tennis is in a, in a good spot right now. I feel like I'm really getting better. Ah. In terms of not not so much performance goals, but things I want to improve on, like my footwork, my my returns, my neck game, you know, stuff like this that I think I could really bring, you know, into a new level for for the new year. It's over. It's over. Vince Carter, baby. That's a wrap. Started at 6 a.m. About 7 p.m. now. Gonna head home, have dinner, and uh, relax, and get ready for tomorrow. You're listening to ATP Tennis Radio. Finally this week to Argentina and the third of the ATP 250s in Cordoba. Number five seed Nicolas Jarry may have fallen in the first round, but the big 23-year-old Chilean enjoyed a strong South American swing, this time last year off the back of a challenger win on home soil. And he was talking about that and a whole lot more when he spoke with Lee Goodall. That was one... Of the, of the best ones. I love uh, playing in Chile. It's so special. Um, for, uh, it's a good reason that I don't get tight. <laughs> it's, it's something that, that could happen, but I, I like that, that pressure. I love playing Davis Cup, and, and that tournament is special at the end of the year. It was my, my third uh, challenger of the year. Um, I finished 100 after that, so it was uh, many things that that were very nice of that tournament. Um, my family was the, the guys uh, on the back of the tournament making it. The first year I wasn't able to play it, so I was part of the staff. I was running around arranging stuff um, for the whatever transportation or all the little things that, that for the first time you don't, you don't know so much of, the, of a tournament. I was helping them, so it was it was nice to 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 win it. Um, my grandfather and uh, and my aunt gave me the trophy. My dad made the presentation of me going like for the ceremony. So it was it was very nice. Yeah, let's talk about the family connections. The, the, there are a couple mentioned on your ATPWorldTour.com profile page. It's probably easier if you run through them because the, you've got some significant family members who have a, a strong connection to tennis, don't you? Yeah, uh, tennis and, and sport in, gen in general. 
my grandfather is uh, probably the main reason that I that I stick with with tennis. I did all type of sports when I grew up, but he took me to several uh, Grand Slams and tournament. He made one in in Chile, so having a tournament, ATP tournament back home uh, has has to have a very significant part of of me while I was growing up. Um, my, I have some uncles uh, that played. Uh, my coach also also played, and he married my mother's sister. Um, my mother and my dad they they met for the first time playing volleyball in the in university. Uh, so it's yeah it's, it's sport. It's all over um, in my house. You can find many types of different balls, and and I've always like I've always been a competitive guy and. And and tennis won. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing story. So, did you play different sports to to a high level as a kid? Um, not high level um, because I was always in in school. I finished school uh, like a normal kid. Um, I have a a good a good group of friends back home. That it's it's very important and nice to to once I go back to to be with them and to just uh, like feel normal because it's. This this world is it's totally different for for anything. Um, you get treated so so special and and it's amazing. But going back home, you just you you can be like yourself or be more chill, and it's nice. Um, yeah. Let's just go back to the tennis you produced in 2018. We've talked about the Challenger win. I guess then that sets you up nicely for the off-season. You're feeling good about your game, you're confident, you're happy. And then you had a very good start, didn't you? And I guess it's an added bonus that you have the golden swing down in South America quite soon into the season where you can be in a familiar part of the world. You're on clay, which you said you, you play well on. And, and, and that looks like you, you, you had some fantastic results there. And then that gives you a springboard for the rest of the season. Yeah, we never, we never thought of... of the beginning of the year happened like it happened. Um, we were just trying to. Uh, the goal it was to to finish the year same same ranking, but with with the points, trying to win them in the ATP level. One thing is the challenger, and the other thing is playing against the best guys in the world. Um, and the other part was to to try to get better in in in, in hard court. Those were the two the two goals in the beginning and. And I started the year pretty good in, in Pune first first week. I I won one match and then uh, a good second match against Robin Hasse that I had many chances. Uh, but it, it was a good. And then we started with the in the the clay South American um, in in Quito that I, I like that. Uh, it's not that I like, but I, I I know how to play better there than other players because with the altitude is so tough. I won doubles there with uh, home with uh, Politnik, uh, where that we're friends, and it was it was nice to to win that. And then after uh, Rio, that I was the last last in, and I I was able to do semis, and that gave me yeah many many points to to go up. And and at the beginning and after that Sao Paulo, and in two weeks I got the same points that I was I was asking to. To, to get on the whole year, so uh, we change we change everything after that, and it was so so nice that yeah somehow it w we have clay at the beginning of the year that helps helps me a lot. 
When you talk to most experts, most commentators, and you mention the name Nicholas Jarry, they, they obviously talk about your clay court pedigree, but they think, they always say, big game, huge serve, big weapons from the back of the court, so this guy will be able to play well on hard courts as well. If you, if you can improve on the hard courts, how far do you think you, you can go? Um, no, I think for now the ranking is something that's, that is just coming. Um, I'm just trying to be with the same uh, mindset that I was like three years ago that I was struggling coming back from an injury and it was a horrible year and, and the, last, the last weeks of, the, of, of that year I was, just, I was just like just play. We, I had uh, f some futures tournaments in Chile and, and I, I won all three of them with with a special mentality and I'm just trying to keep that one that it's I know that it, it gives me uh, uh, the the way to play good and and yeah that's it I'm, I'm trying to always to to improve uh, everybody is improving always and and like you said my game can be very very good in this surface I have to get used to the speed um, and how to handle the, the tough moments, the pressure moments, because in clay you have more time, you can think a little bit more, you can um, manage the point, arrange it, and, and here is just one, two, three, and, and that's it. And that's, that's tough to, to change the, the, your head in that, but I'm, I'm doing great. That is it for this week. There are three more ATP Tour events next week with 250s in New York and Buenos Aires and the first 500 of the year in Rotterdam. As ever, we'll have live commentary of Sunday's Rotterdam final on ATP Tennis Radio. Please join us for that via the TuneIn Radio app or atptour.com. And if you can't join us live, listen to next week's ATP Tennis Radio podcast as we'll round up all the best of the action and look ahead to Rio and other key events in February. Remember, you can get in touch on Twitter and Instagram. That's at ATP Tennis Radio. Or you can email studio at atptennisradio.com if you have something a little longer to say. If you're listening on iTunes and like what you've heard, please leave us a quick review. It only takes a few seconds. Otherwise, enjoy the tennis. We'll catch you next week.